it's Greg Grunberg, uh, Snap Wexley from Heroes, and Commander Finnegan of Yorktown from uh, a little thing called Star Trek. And you are kneeling before the pod. Kneel Before Blog presents... Kneel Before Pod. My name is Craig McKenzie, and I'm definitely not the fastest man alive. When I was a child, I saw so many comic books and became obsessed. Then the internet made me someone who comments on them. To the outside world, I'm a slightly functional human being, but blatantly I use my nerdiness to comment extensively and find others like me. One day, I'll blend into society, but that day is not today. This is Neil Before Pot. As I continue my trip through the DC multiverse... Uh, Chris is here again to join after a bout on Supergirl. So, hi, Chris. Hello. Here we are. The Flash Season 3. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a thing that, that we watched far too much of, and <laughs> now we're here to talk about it. So, uh, probably tell by my tone, Season 3, not a highlight for me personally. Didn't enjoy it that much thought it dragged thought the characters were were just morbid all the time too much repetition too much stupidity a boring villain until the end and just yeah generally the weakest season of television i've seen in quite some time probably how about you I was um, I was really disappointed in it, unfortunately. I'd, I'd like to do a light and shade thing, good cop against bad cop on this one, but unfortunately, um, yeah, I was not a fan. I was really disappointed with what they did to it. Um, they kind of took a show that was a bit light and bouncy and sort of stood out a little and they made it a bit gloomy. Um, and it was a shame, you know, it, it, they kind of over, over-egged it slightly. Um by throwing a bit too much in there and but you know too many characters and things, I'm sure we will get into it in the uh, in the spoiler section rather than here. But yeah, overall, I was a bit disappointed in this, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems to be going around. Um, shall we just launch straight into spoilers because I don't have anything positive or negative to say <laughs> in, that that doesn't constitute a spoiler at this stage? Okay, fire the spoiler klaxon. Klaxon or whatever I use. Klaxon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I'll use that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, welcome to the spoiler force. It's like the speed force, but it's never mind. Yeah. Um I thought that would be like one of these uh, Channel Five shows, you know, spoiler force. <laughs> Knocking down doors and stopping people posting spoilers online. What are you talking about? It's you my know, next podcast idea. You know, like uh, Border Force and, <laughs> uh, you know, Council. Look out, it's the Council programs. You know, next one will be Spoiler Force. This man was posting spoilers on Twitter. <laughs> they just go after these people. He all wasn't these fun- expecting Spoiler Force. <laughs> all these, like, fuzzy faces, you know, as, <laughs> as they, like, raid their homes just as they're sitting there tweeting in their underpants. Because that's how everybody tweets spoilers in their underpants. Sometimes I, I tweet mine outside of my uh, underpants. That's a bit too much information. I feel like I should have bleeped that. <laughs> or delete it altogether. You never know. <laughs> um, so, first agenda item I had was the good. This shouldn't take long. Um, what did you like about season three? Let's have a look and see if there is anything. Um, uh, What did I like? I liked... Um, I know he might not be your favourite character in it. I thought Julian was alright as a character to a point. I, I quite liked having him in. Um, I liked Alchemy for a little bit. Because I thought it was going to be different and not a speedster villain and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of behind this a little bit. As a new MacGuffin generator. I thought that's a little bit different. <laughs> um, what else did I like? So it's, There's not many bullet points in here. Um, HR was occasionally funny and kind of brought a bit of light back to the show you know when everyone was getting depressed and down and really annoying me he would occasionally be funny so I thought Tom Kavanagh kind of did it again in this one Um, what else have I got on the list 
uh, Mark Hamill, the trickster, appeared for a little bit. That was quite funny. That for one like, one scene for like a minute and a half. <laughs> for like, like a what? minute, it was like it was one of those things that I kind of remembered. Went, oh yeah, he was in it. That was quite fun. <laughs> um, that was there. Um, I think I lo- wrongly attributed it to Supergirl, so I'll go out there and say the musical episode was better than I thought it would be, and not as bad as I thought it would be. Maybe. Uh, that is so gone on the DVD cover, isn't it? The not as bad. Better than I thought it would. Be. It was better than I thought it would be. It wasn't a complete disaster. It was there, but yeah, it was all right. I mean, I to be honest, if the episode had been completely missing, I I wouldn't have been tearful. Um, <laughs> if it was a standalone download only option, I wouldn't have, and I don't think I would have missed out. But you know, it was something different in the middle of all the depression that everyone was suffering. Uh, what else did I? I think that was about it. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else specific, but you know, there was odd there was odd bits in there that were that were quite good. The problem is it was far outweighed with everything else, so you kind of you kind of forget it a little bit. Yeah, my positivity is more related to episodes. So there's a couple of things that aren't. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh was good, yeah. HR was... Well, I could put up with him sometimes. I think sometimes he was a bit too over the top. Mm. Um, But I was really impressed with Cavanaugh playing two versions of Wells in the same episode on occasion. Or I really liked the um, the version of Wells, or the episode where you saw all the different Wellsies. Or sort of like that part of the episode. Oh, where they were sort of auditioning. Yeah, it was like I, uh, yeah, Western Wells was... and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was kind of neat. I liked when they did that, and I, I thought he's 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 managed to do. It. I know some people aren't as much of a fan and are kind of fed up of the multiple Wellsies, but I I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was a bit, little bit of fun in there. Yeah, uh, it just shows the the acting talent of the guy. Pretty much. Uh, I really liked parts of the uh, teacher-student dynamic that Barry and Wally had, although they didn't do enough with it. It's like it was one of the billion things that were going on, and you know it was it was a bit of a focus for a while, and then it kind of descended away. Uh, it wasn't quite as prominent as it could have been. So, but I did like some of it, and I liked Wally's. It, I liked it when Wally would question Barry's methods. You know, for like. 30 seconds before he would have started agreeing with him. That was alright. A um, couple of standout episodes where anyone that had Captain Cold in it, which was one of them, well, technically two of them, but that was a rubbish one. The one where he was like a hologram. The, mm-hmm. the one uh, cause and effect, I believe it. Oh no, it was no, it was in Fantino Street. It was the one where Iris uh, died. Definitely spoiled now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was where Barry went and retrieved uh, snart from the from at some point during his Legends of Tomorrow run, and takes him on a bit of a heist. That was cool. Um, it's always great to see Snart. I forgot. About, I forgot about the heist episode. Actually, that was quite a fun one. Yeah, uh, I liked the memory loss episode only because it was fun. Uh, the musical episode. Um, I will say that it was it was very good. Uh, well, it wasn't very good. It was good. Um, my issue with it is I don't feel like it had enough songs. There was at least two or three occasions in the episode where I thought, they'll break into a song now, and then they just didn't. So, you know, if you compare it to the Buffy musical, which is probably the only musically themed episode of a television show I've seen, uh, that was like wall-to-wall music, and there was there was more than enough, you know, and it was, in the case of the song that Anya sung, it was, yeah, definitely more than enough. But, but like it was a proper musical, whereas, like with almost everything else this season, Flash just sort of half-assed it. But it was good to see Kara and Barry hang out, and that was the episode where Barry was like, maybe I should stop being so miserable all the damn time. <laughs> and then he forgets the lesson next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I can't think of much else. Uh, Julian, I, didn't, I, I started liking him towards the end, but at the end of the day, he was just... To begin with, he was just too, you know, objectionable in all, in every almost every way, and then they redeemed him a bit too quickly, so it didn't make any sense there. Um, like, yeah, he did. He did get a kind of sudden turnaround, but I thought it was it was different to have someone outside of the circle again, because yeah. you know you spend a lot now. Like pretty much everyone knows that Barry's the Flash, so it was quite good to have him sort of having to sneak about a little bit 
and to have someone actually questioning why he wasn't at work, which is what yeah. everyone else normally <laughs> questions, you know. Yeah. No one else seems to care that he's permanently missing. <laughs> there was that, yeah. The crossover was good. We'll talk about that in the other ones as well, I would imagine. But the crossover was good. I think that's about it. Um, yeah, that's it for the good for me. I've just listed a bunch of stuff, but... Uh, so yeah, it wasn't com- it wasn't a complete train wreck, you know. There were there was some good to be had, some some uh, more impressive elements, but overall a dud of a season. Which brings us naturally on to the bad. I know I, we're all going to talk about. That's essentially all we're going to talk about from mm. now on. So prepare for pessimism, listeners. Yes. Um, if if you if you loved this season, please get in touch with what you loved yeah. to to try and counteract this in the comments underneath or something. Yeah. And and then it will counteract. You you can play good cop and then we will play we hated this cop. And <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. The reason it's taken us until September to record this episode is we were trying to find someone that liked this season that wanted to join <laughs> us in a podcast. And eventually we just gave up. So <laughs> and here we are. Uh, and I'm sure there's people that really like this season. You know, whatever. Uh, more power to you. I wish I was there with you. Uh so the bad. We'll try and be a bit more positive here and there, though. I mean, there, there's got to be some positivity we can glean out of it. Uh, so your kind of top worst things. Uh, do you have a list of your worst things? Top, and top worst why? things. I feel like we should have this sort of chart music running in the background. You know, so yeah. Anyway, my kind of thing. I found it too dark and gloomy this year I, I've found that Flash in the past was quite a light airy show it had its dark moments but there was always a bit of banter between the team you had that core group that sort of got on quite well and you know you would at least have a smile by the end of the, the episode whereas this year it's like everyone was sort of so burdened and so depressed you know, everyone was very, very dark. You know, I, I like having a little bit of character drama in there, but it's it, that sort of was out of balance this year with the sort of uh, light-heartedness and the sort of adventure aspect of it. You know, I, I understand why it was there because of the way the plot went. You know, you've got a character in the middle there that knows they're going to die or it's predicted that they're going to die. So everyone's all kind of... Under the under from the beginning, but you know, I I just kind of missed that lightness and that sense of sort of hope and adventure that the show had in previous seasons. You know, they managed to make Cisco depressed. How do you make that character depressed? Oh, no. He was one of the fun bits of the show that people liked and people enjoyed, and they went, "No, we're not going to have that this year. We're going to have them really depressing and miserable." And you're going to sit there and think, "I remember when you were fun." and just cry it's it's just it was that kind of really annoyed me this year and another bit another speedster villain kind of made me go oh great we've got another speedster villain this show is the only one that can open every week with i am the fastest man alive and inevitably in that episode you will find out he's not the fastest man alive and that there is someone else who once again has bested him at the thing he is supposed to be bestest at (laughs) (laughs) i i I don't understand surely there comes a point where he either is the fastest man alive or he stops lying at the beginning of the episode i am barry allen and i am about middling in the fastest man alive stakes there are many people out there that can outrun me on several occasions even well, ones that aren't speedsters seem how somehow <laughs> manage to escape by going through a door and then i never find them again <laughs> yeah well to, in barry's defense i'm defending a fictional character here uh, he was the fastest man alive who was belonged to that present day timeline you know everyone else was from the future or another universe until wally became faster than he was. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he, well, okay, that's a pretty pretty flimsy bit of fansplaining there, but, you know, I just thought I would give it a go. Yeah. Um, any other worst um, things, you know? What, what have I got in here? Um, same plot villain surprise again is what I've written. So you've kind of got the villain turns out to be a Team Flash member again from 
the show. So, you know, you had Wells, who was Vaughn, you had sort of Jay, who turned out actually to be Zoom. You've got Savitar, who turned out to be Barry. You know, it's kind of like you've you've got the same thing again. You know, and you've Alchemy, got a, who's Julian. Yeah, Alchemy, who's Julian, you know, Julian, who, but he wasn't really a Team Flash member at the beginning, I suppose, so... But, you know, that was kind of obvious because, oh, it's the new guy. I wonder who the villain is. Um, <laughs> uh, it's It just kind of, yeah, it, it's sort of the same thing again. You know, you've got, at the beginning, you've got some form of MacGuffin generator. The MacGuffin generator spits out metas or Earth 2 versions of people or, you know. And then, and then you've got the same trick again. There's a big villain that they've got to fight. Turns out it's one of them. I suppose the difference this time is, oh my god, it was Barry. And definitely spoiler, Claxons went now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it just kind of disappointed me a little bit in that way that it was the same, the same thing. Yeah. How about you? I've, I've managed to go through about three, four things on my list. So, how, how, how about you? Uh, well, just to start us off with all the things I hated, um, yeah, the the tone, I hated the tone. Just every week, it just made me feel glum. Um, before work, every Wednesday, I would watch a TV show, and it would normally be Flash because it would set me up for the day with a nice bit of, you know, a bit of a spring in my step because it was, it was fun. You know, it's always good fun to watch, to a point. Uh, then season three happened, and every week it was like setting me up for my day of work, feeling annoyed. Because I just watched something that I didn't enjoy. So I switched to Legends of Tomorrow. Because they were on the same day at that point. And watched that in the morning instead. And, and improved my day somewhat. Uh, at least to begin with. Uh, that's just a personal anecdote. You know. Uh, what I didn't like was. The dull and repetitive storytelling. So every week it was. We have to stop Iris dying. Every week it was. We failed to change the future so Iris might still die. And it was all they would talk about constantly, constantly. Uh, so it was all about... I, I understand the whole we need to prepare for this eventuality thing. But there was a real opportunity there to kind of explore Iris as a character. And they just didn't. She was the plot device. You know, she was there to be saved. Um, which, you know, I mean, I don't want to go down this road, but it's... It's a it's a pretty shoddy way to treat one of the female characters, you know, because um, she was just this this trophy, you know, the sorry Mario, but her princess is in another castle sort of idea. Mm. That was essentially what was happening at the end of every episode. It's like sorry Barry, you failed to save Iris. Try again, you know, and um, eventually he just yeah, it, it plays out the way it plays out. But the thing is, what you've got is you've got a character who is facing her mortality, so she knows that she's going to die in a few months or she might die in a few months so you can equate that to her having a terminal illness really and that's essentially what happened to her mother which so what you do i mean what does that do to a person psychologically you know they could have had entire episodes where iris is crossing things off her bucket list uh or doing things that she, you know doing things that she never mm-hmm. thought she could do or taking different directions in life or whatever instead she just sat around being like well, I hope Barry saves me soon. You know, it's um, and it's a it's a consistent failure of the show. They've got this wonderful cast of supporting actors. You know, there's there's no problem with any of the acting really. Uh, I think all the the cast are very very good. Um, I just think the characters needed need some work, and the supporting characters definitely need some work. Particularly people like Iris. She's vastly underdeveloped. And this season really showed it. And it got, it got to the point where it's like, is she worth saving? I mean, you know, what does she actually bring to the show anymore? Uh, and they just kept reminding us of how little she brought to the show, other than being this thing that Barry can fixate on. You know, the the unattainable... Well, she was attained at that point. But, you know, she's the the love interest, the thing he's put on a pedestal, the, you know, the, his every desire rolled into flesh. It's... Yeah, it was rubbish. Uh, that was... Quite yeah. some rant there, actually. Yeah, I mean, she was <laughs> she was really treated as a you know plot device, but a, a, almost as a prop at some points, you know. And it was a shame because she was quite a strong character in the previous seasons who had her own identity, and in this one, it, despite the fact it focused on her quite a bit, or at least she was the plot point in a lot of them, 
it didn't give her a lot of time. You know, like you say, even if they had done a sort of bucket list type thing or a how it impacts, you got you got hints of how it was impacting on her, but you never got the full blown um, nature of that. You know, imagine yeah. knowing it's not even knowing that you've got a terminal illness; it's knowing the exact day it's going to happen. Yeah. You know the exact way it's going to go. You know all that. You sort of think that that must hit hard on you, must. And it didn't really seem to to get explored that way. It was more exploring how Barry was going to feel at the other side of it. I mean, even the you know you you skip forward into the future to try and find out what Barry did, and it focuses on how depressed Barry's become and how <laughs> that's happened, you know, rather than anything else, you know. It's and, it's all through that character. And that episode brought a kind of unrealistic level of morbidity as well. You know, you've got this this bit where it's like, yeah, so Iris died, so Barry hasn't spoken to anyone in, like, ten years. It's like, would, would someone really react like that? You know, he just hangs around in Star Labs doing nothing, apparently. So, like... Mm, not so he, sure. he, he just hides in the bunker. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was. I mean, that was a big bugbear for me. Uh, on the repetitive storytelling clause as well, you've got the idea that basically every week you had this this narrative where you know someone on Team Flash would be hiding something, whether it be Caitlin hiding her powers, um, or some piece of information that someone's withholding, or uh, some kind of thing that someone's hiding in a drawer somewhere and every week that thing would get discovered and someone would be like right we're a team we're a family we should stop lying to each other we're hmm. stronger if we're honest and everyone would be like yeah I totally agree and then next week you know whatever sometimes not even next week sometimes the end of that episode the cliffhanger <laughs> before the credits would be that person going oh my god i've got a secret and then you're like no it's oh, like this again. This is the entire thing. It's like you're doing it again. It's like how does it? And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's one of those. It's like because it comes over again and again and again. You're like, oh please, of the none of them learnt lessons. None of them. Yeah, it's a room it, full of geniuses acting like idiots. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so that that was a huge problem for me. Just every week, it was the same lesson being forgotten and relearned, and then forgotten and relearned, and and no one was calling them out on it. I almost wish in season four if they reveal that there's like a metahuman that sits outside Star Labs, like erasing their short term memories of lessons <laughs> that they've learned, so, so that they, you know, because <laughs> it was essentially a season of zero character development because of that, you know, that problem, and um, and it just yeah, it got so tiresome because it was just the same repetitive nonsense over and over again. If you look over on Arrow, which we're going to talk about on another episode. Uh, you know, Oliver grew as a person in season five, uh, learned a lot of things about himself, put a lot of things about himself behind him, whereas Barry just kept going in circles, you know, and, and every character on The Flash kept going in circles until the point where they were just, yeah, they just weren't moving on. They were just staying stagnant. They they were, uh, there was a lot of sort of standing still. There was a lot of... And I don't know if some of the problem that they've got is the fact that the the team is... It, to me, it feels kind of bloated. They've got so many people on Team Flash now, it is beginning to rival Team Arrow over on the other side. And they've not got enough time to give everyone their character development or their piece. I mean, so many of the scenes are basically them just standing around that desk at Star Labs. <laughs> And they're trying to give everyone something to do and they never quite work and they're never all going to get a bit of development each week because there's too many of them. And if and they focus on one, then it would be to the detriment of all the others and, you know, obviously we know who the lead is, it's the Flash, so they've got to try and, and basically just funnel it all through his eyes despite the fact that all these characters have all got something going on. There's nothing really that can push them forward unless it's impacting on the wider plot. And then they brought in Tracy towards the end because that's what Team Flash needed, another member of the team. Mm. You know, and I almost forget about Tracy until I, you know, actually think about those last couple of episodes because she does just, oh, by the way, last minute, you know, we need this, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was having, I mean, I had issues with, with all of that and there was other, like, repetitive bits of storytelling that just kept bugging me as well. Like, the, you know, it's just... The villains of the week even weren't even that fun anymore because they were just being 
because uh, they all had to tie into Savitar somehow. And and Savitar was really rubbish until towards the end because, you know, they, they took their time revealing who he was. Um, it, it just kept going throughout the season that, you know, they don't know who this guy is. They don't know who this new guy, this guy is. And then Barry goes to the future and it's like, I'm not, oh, I never found out who he was. I just stopped him and then kept going that way. You know, it's... Um, it's difficult to invest in a villain that they're just all he is is a mystery for so long. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get why they did it, and but the thing is, by the time they got there, you were, it was almost finished to a point, you know, and and you were you weren't interested, you you'd yeah. lost interest in it, you were just wanting it to be over, or at least I know I was, and it it sort of failed to launch and. You know, the size of the team is one thing. The size of the show and the amount of episodes, and I've said this about, I think, pretty much everything that I've talked about over the last few months, TV-wise, I've said about the number of episodes being too much. Yeah. With these shows, they've just grown out of proportion, and there's this lull in between. I mean, it's almost like you get two seasons when you've got the mid-season break in the middle. And there's always a lull in episodes in the middle because they're wanting to ramp up tension towards you know the mid-season or towards the end of the series. And it yeah. just, it suddenly feels so heavy and so bloated. They've got to, they don't fill out any of the villains or anything because they basically have to become missing for the middle portion. And I think that was kind of the thing here, but they didn't reveal them until the end to try and ramp up the tension towards the, the, the sort of climax. Yeah, and I actually think uh, some of the work they did with um, Savitar once it was revealed who he was, and I mean, I still can't even pretend to understand what they're trying to do with Time Remnant nonsense, because that still doesn't make any sense, but I feel like it could have just been Future Barry and nothing would have been changed. I mean, it is Future Barry, except he's a discarded copy. So what you've got is this copy of Barry Allen running around who's, you know, who hates everybody, but at the end of the day, he creates himself, which is interesting to a degree. You know, Iris's death leads to his creation, which is interesting. It also gives Barry the the idea that that potential lives within him. You know, um, essentially, you get that view of what his life might have been like had he not been raised by Joe after his parents were well, after one parent was murdered and the other was arrested. You've got this, you know, this this person who's so consumed by loss that he's gone insane to the point where he wants to cause pain to others and and that's pretty much the opposite of the Barry Allen we've seen since season one you know um, even in good or bad episodes he has been you know he's a good person he's a flawed person but he's a good person whereas um, Savitar was not although they did that whole trying to bring him back trying to convince him to be you know to change his ways and it looked like it was working for a little while although there wasn't enough time to really explore if it was actually working if he was actually having doubts or whether he was just you know he was just killing time until he could um do whatever it was he wanted to do yeah i mean it 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 did seem like it was a a a, a great idea. Like you say, I've, if it had been future Barry and not a remnant, it might have got them out of some of their quadmire that they had at the end. And I mean, even through recent stuff, you know, when they were at Comic-Con and all that, they really don't want to try and explain what the hell they did towards the end here. Yeah. It was like they had to have an excuse. It's like they wrote it and they went, well, it's going to be Barry from the future. Oh, no, no, no. It'll be a remnant of Barry because we don't want people to think, oh, this is what would happen to Barry if it's... It's got to be a different Barry. Um, but a, a copy of Barry because we don't want it to be the lead character because then people will think, oh, how could he possibly go back and do that, you know? But I just... I, they just seem to have written themselves into a weird corner and I don't know how they're quite going to escape it. That You know, the time travel aspect of this has been rubbishly done <laughs> for a show yeah. that, you know, potentially could feature it quite heavily. They've really managed to foul up the canon and the way this is supposed to work 
You know, the amount of times that we've looked at that transparent whiteboard with lines drawn on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we mentioned it in the mid-season as well. <laughs> the board with the lines and pointing and Cisco going, well, quite quite plainly, he went back and did this to do that, to go back here. And meanwhile, on this other line, it's gone back that way. And this is, <laughs> you know, oh, come on. It's like, this has just gone too far. <laughs> so if they're needing to sit there in the middle and explain it all to us. And even then, it isn't very convincing, and it doesn't follow its own rules later. Then, how does it work? You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't. I, don't, I can't fathom it, and I don't know how they're going to quite try and fix this uh, in the next season. But you know, I think they're just going to they're just going to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen, which is back to that short term memory memory loss problem. You know. I'm telling you, short-term memory loss metahuman is, is a thing. <laughs> and if the Flash writers are listening, you're welcome. <laughs> it explains everything, that every, almost every problem you had last season. So, yeah, uh, not almost every problem, but oh, that's, yeah. The, the, Barry, it, it, Barry it, it, could it, wake up and it could all be a dream. They could they could just do that. They could. Season three didn't happen. Season yeah. three didn't happen. Oh, my God, what a terrible dream. Uh, oh, thank God, I now know how to put everything right. Uh, I, I dreamt that I went back in time and created this new timeline so I could spend time with my parents for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why You're would I right. go and do a thing like that? That was know? a terrible idea. I'll <laughs> never do that. That was shocking. Let's get on with the happiness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and time, what you say about time travel? Um, you know, we're going to do an entire podcast on time travel mm. on TV, so you know, stay tuned for that. But it's a bit of a brief on on the Flash's version of time travel. It's yeah, it's it's horribly inconsistent, horribly, horribly inconsistent. And they were actually building in some consistencies towards the end because the whole thing was my issue was with Savitar. It's like. If Savitar remembers all these events, why isn't he just able to stop them immediately? You know, if he remembers who everyone's going to be and so on. But um, then they establish that he doesn't... Time's fluid. So he can't... He doesn't remember something till Barry's done it. So they, essentially the memories are being created as Barry is creating them for himself. Which, you know, was reasonably clever. So that's where you had the memory loss episode come in. Where if they stopped Savitar remembering, then he couldn't be a threat. And they should have probably just left memory loss Barry until the end of the season, but, um, but you know, because he was fun. Also, strategically, it would have made sense. Um, or just re-memory lost them at the optimum time, which yeah. they know already. You know, yeah. Or just don't tell them stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, there's that bit where Savitar runs and pretend to be Barry and says, "Where's Iris?" And it's like she's on Earth too. It's like, for God's sake. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Either you've just told Savitar who's right in front of you, or you've just told Barry who now remembers told that. Savitar. So Savitar <laughs> yeah, I did think that at that point. I was like, "Oh come on!" Is <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I was half expecting them to lie and send them to the wrong place, or you know, yeah. as as a trap or whatever. I just like, oh, you didn't just tell them exactly where she is, you idiot. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, but I did quite like that idea. So it allowed them to kind of plan that in some way, you know, him create the memory or figure out where they're going to be and all that stuff. Um, although, again, they introduced it too late, and I don't think it was consistent with Savitar's movements throughout the re- the, se- the previous season, or the rest the the previous points in the season, because you had Savitar knowing what they were going to do next before Barry knew what he was going to do next. Mm. So, like, you're going to free me in a few minutes, you know, and then all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was inconsistent throughout the season, although they did something with it, at least towards the end. Um, but, yeah, time travel doesn't really work in The Flash. Like mm. The, the was... whole future timeline bit, that was a rubbish episode. I hated that one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was more like just confirming how depressed everyone was. And how bleak the show had got. That they went, oh, we can make it really bleak. (laughs) Yeah, here's what the future is. You know, no one gets over this. Everyone's miserable. (laughs) Yeah, and that um, that actual episode was was a bit weird in the sense that he's like, I know, I'm going to waste time in the future and bring Team Flash back together. Like, just go back in time and make sure it doesn't happen. You know, don't give us this proud moment where you reunite the future Team Flash because. 
It doesn't accomplish anything. There's no like there's no reward for that because this is the timeline that you're about to erase. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we get to see Barry in a new suit that doesn't look that good, but uh I think he's going to be wearing a better variation of it next season. Um you know, it's lighter red and it has the the decals all over it and it looks more comic book like. Uh that was the whole purpose of that episode to let us see the future suit. That was it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Big long trailer for future suits. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, time travel. Yeah, stay away from it for an entire season, please. That yeah, nice. it, would, it would be nice if they if they didn't, and you know, and if they don't have a MacGuffin generator going on. But you know, they always they always like to do these things, so we'll see. Yeah. Um. So the the negatives are kind of yeah. I, they're woven throughout the season for me, but those are the main ones, like repetitive plotting and terrible characterization and lack of character development and all that stuff. Just everything they did, pretty much. Everything that a TV show should be, they failed to do. Uh, so, you know, good good job, guys. Well done. I guess we should talk about little bits of things that were going on. Uh, so what you had was Caitlin becoming Killer Frost. What did you think of that? Um, do you know, I kind of liked it a little bit. Um, I think that she did quite a good job of defining the two characters. You could see that she was having a bit of fun going down the evil route. Um, I'm trying to remember the actress's name now. Is it Danielle Panabaker? That's it. That's the one? The Panabaker, yeah. So she she seemed to be having a lot of fun with it. I think she did a good job... Um, you know, when they finally broke the seal and put Killer Frost in charge, it 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 sort of rocked the dynamic a little bit. But I think the problem was that it had been so depressing up until that point. You hadn't really had the team gelling at all in the run up to that. I think it would have been more devastating where if the team had actually been working quite well together till that yeah. point. But because they'd all been keeping secrets, you know, essentially just lying to each other, being miserable not really working as well as they used to coming up with solutions and stuff. When she sort of left, it didn't have that same impact and it just made Cisco even more depressing <laughs> as well. Yeah. It sort of just really laid it on thick, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought the the Killer Frost thing was actually not too bad. Or at least parts of it were. Again, hmm. you know, everything good is just dragged down by something bad. Um what I did like about it was Daniel Panabaker getting to stretch her acting muscles. Uh, she created a more, I don't want to say grounded, probably a, a deeper version of the Earth 2 Killer Frost that she was playing last season. Because Earth 2, it could be cartoonishly evil. That was fine. There was no problem there. Whereas, you know, Earth 1, it had to be an extension of her. Although I really hated the multiple personality thing. Isn't it just enough to have someone become a villain? Why does she have to have an alternate personality to become that villain? I didn't I didn't need to see that. I didn't like that because what you had was this implied war between two selves kind of thing. And they just didn't do anything with it. You know, you never had her wrestling with with uh, the other aspect of her persona, you know, the I'm imagining the scene of her standing in front of the mirror talking to herself as Killer mm. Frost, where you see her eyes just change colour, you know, but um I mean, the idea of Team Flash having to deal with a threat that grows within them is quite quite interesting in that sense. You've also got someone that they have to stop but can't bring themselves to hurt. It's another one that was really interesting. Uh, and just the idea that she was having to come to terms with the fact that she had these abilities and couldn't control them and, and was worried about what they were turning in, into was in theory interesting, although it was very similar to what they did with Cisco last season. When he was worried about his vibe powers making mm. him evil, so you know, again, repetitive storytelling, but it was good, good in principle. Um, didn't really kick in towards the end though, which is an issue, you know. And um, it was kind of seeded throughout, and then you had that one Killer Frost episode, and then it seemed resolved because she got a necklace, and you know, <laughs> after <laughs> a glowy necklace that solves all her problems. Um, and then once she appeared, when she became like Savitar's psychic, interesting because there was that kind of shades of her trying to manipulate Savitar a bit in her own way. That was that was cool. And then 
I'm not sure what I think of the resolution where she's just like, I'm not Caitlin or Killer Frost. It's like, well, that just sounds like crap. I am I am now to be decided in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am conveniently unwritten as of yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am a blank slate for the writers of yeah. next season. I present to you something they can do whatever they want with in the next season <laughs> uh, because we don't know. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't know what this means for the next season particularly for her um i did like the sort of killer frost aspect in there I, I, if it's some sort of halfway house then it might actually be quite interesting to see but i don't know quite how they're going to do that you know she's she's caitlin and she's helping out in the office but she's also going out and killing people by the weekend i don't know <laughs> it's like how, yeah. how do you sort of job share that way around i don't I don't know particularly what that's going to be, or she's just going to be a lot harsher, you know, when she's dealing with people. I, I don't know. Yeah, seeing her uh, seeing her ride around like Iceman on a snow bridge that was quite cool. Wasn't mm. it? Or an ice bridge. No, they did yeah. some good effects with her and stuff. I mean, they they still, you know, it did like you say, it gave them, it gave Savitar a sidekick that Team Flash wouldn't want, like you say, wouldn't want to kill and wouldn't want to go all out on. So I suppose it, it it gave them someone that they could put in the field that they wouldn't kill and wouldn't be dealt with too quickly, and that would be the excuse for why they survive for so long, you know, and why Savitar's got a henchman that can last, you know. And it also lets Savitar interact with one of the main cast without, you know, inexplicably turning up to Star Labs to not kill them every week. <laughs> uh, that was, you know, that was quite important. But again... You know, talk about the handling of female characters. She's underserved. You know, there's... Hmm. I mean, a better show could have had... Or a better season could have had Killer Frost as the villain. You know, that cropped up about halfway through and stayed till the end. I don't think she's enough of a threat to to last a whole season. Um, but it could have been, you know... I'm thinking like Dark Willow type stuff in, in Buffy. Uh, hmm. Which I keep coming back to. Um you know, the, the, that threat doesn't show itself until very late on. And then when it does, it's really huge for them. Uh, but it has been bubbling throughout the season anyway. So they could have done something like that. Um, I don't know. So, I guess, yeah. So Caitlin, good and bad. There's good and bad to be had with Caitlin. I've always liked Caitlin as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I just always have. Other than the obvious, of course. Something obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let listeners decide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, on to Cisco. We've already mentioned he's depressing. Mm. Uh, he was very depressive throughout. Although there was there was moments where he was a bit fun. Um, during the flash flashback, the crossover, he was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, throwing up in the Wave Rider and things. Yes. Oh, no, that was Felicity throwing up in the Wave Rider. Uh, he was he the, was just loving it the the crossover made him more like old Cisco, the problem is of course in the next week's episode you're back to you know, season 3 Cisco yeah. um, it, it kind of threw it all, all back in again because um, he just spent a lot of his time being angry at Barry I'm, yeah, I'm well, angry at you for going and changing the timeline, now I know there was a timeline that was different, but it wasn't, you know, he's never known that other timeline. No. That's the life he's had the whole time. Um, that's how Diggle resolved it. He was like, well, I may have never had a daughter, but I don't remember this daughter. Yeah, so I mean, how, how Barry going back in time and doing that somehow affects the sex of a child is very confusing to me. <laughs> um, you know, the two should be very, very unrelated unless it's just a roll of the dice. Uh, <laughs> each each time, you know, each time you reset the timeline, you've got to re-roll your sex. I don't know. Um, it's <laughs> um, it, it was just one of those ones where I'm like, I, I don't get why he's angry for so long. I understand it's his brother, but it's the life that he's always had. It's not like... Barry did it. It well, was through the I I and as sort of a scientist and as one of these people that knows there's many Earths out there, 
in several of those Earths whose brother is alive and in several that aren't in and there'll be several where there's no Cisco as well. Yeah. So I don't Yeah. I, I I didn't quite follow why it rattled on for so long to try and get resolved. It just seemed like another sort of unnecessary, you know, understand there'd be an argument for a bit. But not for the whole first half of the season pretty much. Yeah, well the initial issue came from the fact that Cisco asked Barry to go back in time to save his brother and Barry refused, which annoyed him. And then when he finds out about Flashpoint, uh, the fact that Barry went back in time to create an idyllic life for himself, you know, suggests a, a huge double standard on Barry's part. And it does. And that's an argument that's never fully proper. Well, it's never it is fully resolved, but it's not well resolved because, you know, it's that interesting idea of, yeah, you are that selfish. And, and Barry should learn that about himself, that he does sometimes put himself before others. Um, and, you get this in the crossover where he talks to Oliver about creating Flashpoint and, and he's like, and Oliver says, both my parents are dead. If I could travel back in time and save them, you're damn right I would. And um, So you get that other perspective and they don't delve into that other perspective an awful lot. I mean, it was a complex argument, but it tried to be oversimplified, I think. Yeah, and I, I just didn't get why it lasted for so long. I do get the argument, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the drawn-out nature of it and the fact that all these things tonally turned it a lot down for me. Yeah. Um, Cisco was one of those fun characters that I kind of enjoyed. I'm not going to say it was the reason that I was watching, but it was kind of... I, I liked the character from the point of having a geek like us on the team. Yeah. Um, the fun quips and the names and the, the and the geeky references and the T-shirts and all that sort of stuff is a fun character to have in. To sort of take all that away and just go, oh yeah, we're just going to make him really depressing this season, is was sort of switching all the lights off all at once kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I think it just all added up. Um, hopefully, you know, there's enough stuff now resolved that it's going to push on a little bit. I mean, you do get to see him using more of his powers and sort of coming to terms with that. You also get him having a sort of girlfriend. Sort of. Not love interest, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not in Gypsy, I don't know um, you know, that that was a character that sort of cropped up a couple of times so, you know, you get to see a little bit of development in there, but sort of overall I just found him a little bit depressing this time round, I, I don't know if you know, maybe he wasn't and I'm just looking back in hindsight, remembering him as being a lot darker this season, but you know, I, I, I was just a little bit disappointed yeah, although on the gypsy thing, um, do you not feel like there was moments where Cisco was being uncomfortably lecherous around her? <laughs> he was just being like, "Yeah, you couldn't handle me," and all this stuff, and she, and she was just like, "Whatever." And but it's one of those things, you know. It's like it's practically sexual harassment that he's doing, and I felt uncomfortable watching it actually. Um, although maybe that's because I've established in my head that she is, uh, she is essentially him from another earth. <laughs> just on that earth Cisco's a woman and he's called Gypsy <laughs> <laughs> and I would love them to reveal that it'd be up there with like Tommy Merlin as Thea's half brother but no like it's because you tried to hook up with him in like season one uh, oh that would be a good reveal actually I look forward to if they do that <laughs> flash uh, writers if you're listening <laughs> in my head that's how it is uh, take your notes now yeah they, they haven't done anything to disprove it to me yet so therefore <laughs> it's still on the table it's still in, in play so yeah uh, yeah Cisco probably the best thing about it best of a bad bunch kind of thing but yeah vastly different to what he was and what he should be and you know if he's got if you're going to develop the characters, I'd rather he becomes a bit more of a the best version of Harrison Wells type mm. thing. You know, that's obviously if Harrison Wells was his mentor or Eobard Thorne was his mentor for many years. So um, that's where he should be heading, the best version of that, rather than down this like depressive sexual harassment route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's about it on characters. Joe was pretty consistent, as always. He was always good. I like Joe. I love how he's just got the right thing, the right thing to say in every situation. 
Yeah, Joe. Joe seems like a pretty soundly written character. I, I I was a bit disappointed that Wally didn't. Wally seemed to get picked up and then forgotten. He seemed to be yeah. just sort of a whingy teen for a good portion of it. And as much as he was sort of Barry's sidekick for a bit, he seemed to just vanish in certain episodes for like a huge, a huge chunk. I think they wrote some of it was that he was on Earth Two, but then there was there was other bits where he was just missing, (laughs) or or he was physically there, but they seemed to have forgotten that they had written him into the scene. You know, I don't I don't know whether they had sort of opened it with well Wally. Uh, Cisco, uh, Caitlin and Barry are standing around the table and then they started <laughs> writing the dialogue and forgot that they had written that Wally was standing there in the first place yeah. you know, you, you normally they pan to the wide shot and everyone's standing there and you're like, are any of them going to speak? No, 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 they're just standing there for decorative purposes <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, poor Wally uh, I don't know what to say about him what do we know about him? He's a bit headstrong although only when this plot needs him to for that scene or two. He's there. He's fast. He likes being fast. He is maybe in a relationship with Jesse. He was in the Speed Force for a bit. That was weird. Although he recovered from that pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Not so great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of anything major that Joe did other than just be there and be awesome for, for most of the time. Mm. Uh, he got a girlfriend, which was nice. Yeah, he got a girlfriend and, the, you know, the usual... Uh... Who's like half his size, which is a bit <laughs> strange. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the usual the usual tropes of that apply, though, which is the not knowing and having to lie and I'm going to break up with you to protect you. Okay, you don't understand why I'm breaking up with you. I don't understand why I'm breaking up with you either. I think we should get together again. Um, Kind of, uh, you know. (laughs) The only way I can protect you is by me being depressed and you being depressed, you not understanding, me not understanding. Uh, All right, okay, now we're back together, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit strange, but it's what it is, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking back on like some missed opportunities the show had for the the season. Um, we got to see Gorilla City, mm. sort of. We got to see a cage in Gorilla City, and then we got to see a brief fight with uh, Solovar, I think it was. He was voiced by Keith David, and they didn't do anything with him again. And it was just to establish that Grodd is a bad a bad gorilla. Um, now I completely understand why Gorilla City wasn't visually up to its full potential because it's a weekly TV show and it was really expensive to to render an army of gorillas and things like that but I feel like if they didn't think they could pull it off they shouldn't have bothered you know sometimes there's I applaud the ambition but I think it's yeah they shouldn't have bothered because there was no way they were doing it any justice I mean most of the time you had Grodd speaking through intermediaries which is a good way to get around it except in all cases it would be you know, the scene would be closed by Grodd walking in, so he's just standing outside, you know, mind-controlling mm. someone. And you had this weird thing about, uh, nobody has their powers in this cage, although Grodd wouldn't be expecting Caitlin to have powers, so maybe her powers will still work, and they did, which makes no sense. It's like, either everybody's powers are blocked out, or nobody's is. You know, like, you, c- you can't just be selective <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's either a power-dampening field, or it's not. Um <laughs> So I've calibrated this for speed and whatever vibes powers are, but, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to install the ice app. No one will yeah, have yeah. powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Well, you know, I've put fire protection in there just in case, but uh, ice, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like an insurance policy when you go through, you know, have uh, fire, flood and theft, please. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Uh, but I guess they, they did that to establish that Grodd is a threat on Earth-1 and he'll be cheaper next time you see him. But yeah, I was disappointed in Gorilla City because that was the one thing I was looking forward to seeing. Are they going to be able to pull this off? How are they going to get around their budget limitations? Oh, they're going to have them stand in a cage and do that. Okay. Um, plus, the, there was that opportunity for Grodd and uh, Caitlin to, to bond again because they already had that pre-established bond. They didn't do it. Um, you did have Julian dressed as Indiana Jones, though. That was quite funny. 
Yeah, I thought that was that was a fun little thing, and I think you know Tom Felton was an all right uh, addition to the cast. I think he's he's done well. I don't know is he coming back next season or not? Apparently not, according to what I've recently read. Oh, okay, he'll turn up eventually, I suppose. Gorilla City is very much a kind of yeah. Here's some potential, and here's maybe what they could have done differently. I guess to do it differently, it would have been well. I just think don't do it uh, until you're you know until you have the budget to do it. But if you were going to do it, they could have played around with their limitations a bit more, make it more about Solovar and Grodd, um, rather than, let's have an army attack Central City for a minute uh, in an episode. You know, that's that was about it. Um, let's, let's piss about for 38 minutes until the gorillas attack. Because, you know, it was that transparent. The rest of the episode was them just cutting about, doing stuff. And it was like, oh, look, they're going to launch a nuke. It's like, oh, what? Okay. Nukes everywhere. We we know from Arrow season four that nukes are not a good idea on these shows. No, <laughs> it the never goes down well. Yeah, the only person that should be fighting nukes is Supergirl, and that's because she has the power capacity to handle them. She can fly after them and things. Um. So on that, do you think there's anything they could have done to improve the season? Any? I think they had painted themselves into a corner with some of the stuff they did. I think the early reveal of Iris's death, I think, just kind of cast a shadow from the very beginning. Yeah. I think if that had been revealed a lot later on, it might have brightened up some of it. I think they'd kind of forgotten how light the characters and everything were, so it seems like such a transition into them. Hmm. They've done a similar villain again. They've done a... I don't know. I, 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 it seems like there's a lot of stuff from the ground, you know, from the the base level that they got wrong. So it's not as simple as, oh, just make this character do this and it all would have been fine. It's like there was a lot of elements there that, you know, once they had went down the wrong path with the foundation, the rest of it was a bit of a shoddy construction. Yeah. I mean, there was a few things that I could see them as... Uh, see them improving actually and it, a lot of it has to do with the supporting cast so I've already talked about Iris's bucket list being a good plot line that they could have played with uh, they actually played with you know so you, you get to see her going skydiving and, and stuff like that yeah, or whatever um, I mean they, they did this whole thing about I can't be killed until months from now uh, and that didn't really go anywhere but uh, other things that could have improved uh, I think that the show has a problem of being a bit too top heavy with its with its main character plot so what you've got is um, Barry is the main character so therefore Grant Gustin gets most of the screen time, every scene he's in is about him or every scene he's not in is kind of relating to him in some way because it is his show, fair enough you know, it's he is the Flash he's the title mm. character, but some other genre television shows, uh, I'm thinking specifically of the episode Lower Decks in Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, where it's from the perspective of a bunch of ensigns uh, who aren't involved in the big meetings, who don't know what's going on, or just following orders without knowing the full picture. And putting your the audience in their shoes for an episode was interesting because it broke with the format. Uh, another one I loved was The Zeppo from uh, Buffy, again. Always comes back to Buffy, uh, which was about Xander. Uh, he was cutting about doing stuff. Meanwhile, behind him in the B plot, a season finale was happening essentially, and it was really good. It was really interesting. It just shows that it gives the universe a bit of scope, gives the show a bit of scope, gives the characters depth, and the Flash could really be doing this. Uh, you had Jesse turn up intermittently throughout the season, so she showed up with her powers early on, disappeared again, came back again disappeared again and so on but you had this brief period where she was moving to earth one she was like i'm just going to live here now that's fine um you know what about an episode exploring the implications of that what is a day in the life of jesse quick you know what does she do from when she gets up in the morning to when she goes to bed at night you know Mm. what is it what is it like acclimating to a new earth what's it like being around these people you know but don't really know all that stuff what could you know, that that would have been a really interesting episode if they'd done it right. And I do like the idea of sort of swinging the focus a little bit in doing those episodes. I mean, the likes of, you know, the Lower Decks, like you're saying, was a fun sort of transition going, well, let's see it through a different character's eyes, you know, the same the same story that you would get every week, you know, but from the perspective of someone else, I think, would 
of giving something a little bit different. It, it would have given it a boost, I think. Yeah. The Day in the Life of Joe is another one I would quite like to see. Mm. Or like pre-Julian um, pre finding out the secret, A Day in the Life of Julian. I mean, could you imagine an episode from his perspective where you see Barry run in for a minute or so and then leave and then never come back? And uh, That would have been quite interesting. You know, we, we get to see the Flash or we get to see what Barry's like through people, through someone who doesn't like him, you know, his perspective. Uh, and he doesn't like him for these reasons. He hasn't done his work. He hasn't turned in a report. He's not there. He doesn't answer his phone. He's, you know, he's off doing something. Where does he go? What does he do? That's... um. I think that might be quite cool to see, actually. So, basically, most of my ideas to improve the season involve flipping the perspective away from Barry, because you see enough of him, you know. And Arrow has the gift of that. You know, you can have Oliver Queen subdued in the present day because he's going to be prominent in the flashbacks. But Barry, eh, Flash doesn't have that trope that they can play with. Um, Yeah. I do think uh, focusing a bit on the backgrounds, trying to sort out the background characters and giving them something to do a bit more would help, definitely. Yeah, and the finale um, where Barry has to go into the Speed Force because uh, they freed Jay um, is a good opportunity for them to try that, except I don't think they will. Yeah, I have, I have the feeling I would I would like to see a couple of episodes of the team trying to get by, but I have the feeling that by the end of episode one of the new season they're going to have Barry back almost, yeah. yeah, or at least the hint that he's there. Yeah, and the issue they've got is it's the main character, main actor problem. Uh, so you've got this guy who's the lead in the show; he has to be in every episode. So therefore, Barry has to be back by the end of episode one. You know, and probably feature prominently throughout episode one as well. They might just do flashbacks to things we haven't seen, you know, to remind us that they all love him and things like that. But uh, again, going back to Arrow, when they did it in season three, where Oliver was believed dead for a while, because you have a high portion of Stephen Amell in the flashbacks, you can you can have a reduced presence in the present day quite happily. But Flash doesn't have that, so... I don't think we're going to see that potential realised, unfortunately. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's weird. The only improvements I can think of are flipping perspectives. Uh, other than, you know, let's just rewrite the plot of season three from minute one. Yeah, like yeah. like I say, the the foundation of it, it wasn't great, in, you know, the core plot of it. So you kind of struggle to fix that. Anyway, if you fix that, then you, you would have it going a lot better, but it is like a complete reworking from the ground up with some of yeah. it. Um, I don't know what they're going to do next season. The trailer looks alright, but this really disappointed me this uh, this time round. They promise that next season's going to be more fun, whether they deliver on that's another story. It's like when they said Arrow Season 4 was going to be a lighter tone, and it kind of wasn't. Uh, although this season they are talking about the, the villain is going to be like the fastest brain alive versus the fastest man alive, but he's the he is a whole season antagonist, which I think is a bad idea. I think Agents of Shield solved the the, the whole season problem pretty well by having micro seasons. I think Gotham did that too. Uh, I think Flash should look at that. So you've got an antagonist for them to deal with for five or six episodes, then they switch uh, and so on. Um, it, well, it seems like they're they're introducing some pretty zany comic book stuff next season, like the elongated man. He's a uh, he's not someone you should t- ever take seriously, uh, at least in the comics. So um, there's hope. There's always hope. Have you been waiting a long time for elongated man? No, I haven't. But All right, okay. I, you know, yeah, I quite like the idea that. I quite like the idea that they might be going back to the season one ballsiness of just yeah, let's just throw this in here and see what happens. And you know, season one they had they had some pretty outlandish stuff in there, and and they did it, they did it really well. And then season two it was like, let's say um, let's bring the multiverse in and see if the audience can handle that, and then they can. And season three, uh, they they well, when I thought they were doing Flashpoint, I was like, oh god, this is going to be cool. And then it's one episode, 
and then they just talk about it for the rest of the season and it's rubbish mm. uh, so season 4 decent uh, hopefully they, they keep saying the right things but let's see if they do the right things I don't think the finale was a strong foundation to build on really the whole um, the, the the final fight with Savitar annoyed me because he captured Cisco so he could modify the thing the the Speed Force cannon is that what they called it? that mm-hmm. thing, that gun they used the gun, the MacGuffin uh, yeah. gun <laughs> yeah, and uh, Cisco reversed the polarity I think he even uses that line uh, he reversed the polarity so that um, so that Jay Garrett could be freed from the Speed Force Whereas if he just left the cannon alone, Savitar would have replaced Jay anyway. And I can't help but think that, well, Savitar's not testing this. He doesn't know. So you could have just sat there and, like, pulled out a couple of wires and put them back in. And then been like, I'm done now. Yeah, the back, the back, the backfiring uh, Speed Force cannon. You know, that, yeah. that would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. So, although you wouldn't have had that chase through the forest. Which I could have lived without, to be honest. <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, is there anything else you're hoping for from season four? No, I'm just, um, like I say, I'm just hoping for that lighter tone to be back, that sort of sense of adventure, a little bit of hope and everything that was in there in the in the first one. And yeah, yeah, like I say, just just want it to be a little bit lighter, uh, sort of remember its roots. Um, like I say, I'll, I'll watch the first few episodes, and if I'm not enjoying it, I think I am going to drop it this year rather than uh, rather than traipsing through like I did this year. Bold claim. We'll see mm. if he's <laughs> see if he does. Uh, season four, yeah, I'm hopeful for the same. Uh, better tone, better characterization, better stories, uh, less frustrating villains. Let's beef up the supporting cast. All that good stuff. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about season three. I wish I could say I feel better that I've got it all <laughs> off my chest, but I haven't. Well, I, I, I have got most of it off my chest. I just, I don't feel better. I thought I would. Someday. Yeah. How do you feel getting it all off your chest? Like a load has been lifted, though I could still probably rant and shout for about another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not. So yeah, let's not bore people to tears with how depressed we are about the whole thing. They say that positive people live longer, so we should try and end on a positive note. Uh, think of your favourite thing about season three and talk about it with no but afterwards to close off. <laughs> My favourite thing. Uh, oh, I had those three things at the beginning. I don't know which one should I focus on. Uh Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I liked uh, HR. I thought he was funny and he brightened up some of the scenes that he was in. And uh, I liked seeing Barry and Kara interact because that was just adorable. Good choice. The end. That is all I have to say. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you for coming out of your Speed Force prison. Uh, it's time for you to go back in before the before lightning strikes the ground at random <laughs> intervals, and definitely creates metahumans for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need we need a MacGuffin generator <laughs> for next season. I think we have one. Yeah. yeah. So please, back to the Speed Force with you. That was our discussion on season three of The Flash. Thanks to YouTuber Einstein's 1117 for the supplied music. If you like what you heard here, then please do subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And join us on the next Neil Before Pod.